back in October of last year, uh, the Lord really began to speak to me um, uh, just about the direction of the church. And I, I wrote some things down. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Boy, I am already messed up. i got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to shoot from the hip today. Usually I am very prepped and ready. Uh, but today the Holy Spirit is, is pulling an audible on me. And I'm just going to throw it up from the hip. And I, I believe God's going to do something amazing. But I want to talk to you uh, on, uh, about our vision and I was thinking about this last night. Diamonds are made in, in, from pressure, right, deep within the earth. And uh, it's, it's, it's lots of pressure. That, and, and I have been carrying this weight of what has been in my heart since October. And I'm about to explode. I'm not even kidding you. Um, and it's been a very hard thing to kind of to, to pray about. And I, I asked the Lord, you know, back in October, I said, Lord, is this what you want us to, to, to do? And, and, Lord, I don't want this to be my flesh, God. I want this to be what you have for our church. How many know that our church is blessed? Amen. How many know that God's been good to us? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. And, and I have been sitting on this expectation, and that's why I had you posture your hands today, because I've been sitting on this expectation that God will do incredible things for this house in 2024, all right? And, and so uh, um, I know that God's hand is on this house. He has plans for this church. And I don't know about you. This is what I say. <laughs> yes, Lord. Whatever you want, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, if, if I need to get out of the way, Lord, help me to get out of the way faster than I and then as fast as I can. But what I felt like the Lord laid on my heart coming into 2024, just the theme, and I like to have a word. Uh, I think it was Joe. I don't remember if he said this here or he said it at the conference, but I, I like to have a word that to kind of lead and guide us. And what I felt like the Lord laid on my heart was this word right here is miraculous. Everyone say miraculous. Not miracle, not singular, but miraculous. The miraculous is this. I'll give you the definition. Occurring through divine or supernatural Intervention. Everyone say miraculous. That means that you can't do it unless you have God on your side. Amen. And our theme verse right here that I want to give you, and this has been up in the Stall Street Journal and in the bathrooms. Come on, I named that Stall Street Journal. Job chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, it says this, and this is, uh, one of Job's friends talking to him, he says, but if I were you, I would appeal to God. Anybody ever had a need? Anybody ever had a situation? I like what his friend says. I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. Come on, that's the first thing we ought to do. But verse 9 says this. this I, I need you to get this in your heart, okay? He, capital H, the Lord, everyone say the Lord, performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Amen. Miracles that cannot be counted. How many believe that God can do the miraculous in your life and in this church and in our community and in our state and in our nation and in our world? Miraculous things are, 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 are wonders and marvelous things. One translation calls them marvelous things. But miracles 
and marvelous things, or the miraculous, is defined like this. Are you ready? Get ready. I'm going to help you out here. Hard things. Miraculous things are hard things. And then another way that we can look at that, the actual word for miracles there is this, hidden things. Things that we can't even see with our own eyes. How many know that God goes before us? And how many know that God sees things that we don't always see? God, he sees way in advance. Come on. And how many know that that the scripture, oh man, I'm getting all over myself today. But how many know the scripture tells us that we walk by faith and not by faith? So we may not always see things. Sometimes we just got to take a step forward. Come on. I believe it was Martin Luther King Jr. who said, you may not see the full staircase, but you got to take the step on the first step, and then every step will be revealed after that. And, and how many know that God is calling us to a higher place of faith, a higher place of belief in him, a higher trust in him? Come on, somebody, right? And so we have to learn to do uh, what 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 God is able to do, and the way we do that is we lean on God and not our own understanding. Come on, somebody. I'm fired up right now. If we want the miraculous, listen to me. Listen to me, church. If we want the miraculous in our lives, it'll be through the Lord and your surrender to his divine will. That's it. There's nothing in your own ability that, that you can do to do the miraculous. But let me tell you something. When you say, hey, God, here I am. I am your vessel. Use me, God. Do what you need to do to me. Lord, send me. Lord, take me. Use me as you will. The super will happen in our lives. And so I've got some little tangible goals that I want to, and I, I express this to the board. I express this to the staff this week and uh, laid this out. Uh, some tangible goals, some things that I, I, I want to do. Uh, this year, come on, how many believe that God, we can do hard things this year? How many believe that we can do big things? Uh, how many are, are, I don't know about you, I'm tired of the status quo. I, I'm ready to, to go to what God has us. But hey, come on, somebody, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And I don't know, uh, one of the things that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart was to start four new ministries this year. Four new ministries. Uh, we have 18, I believe, 18 ministries currently. Four new ministries. And matter of fact, I, I had originally said three. And let me tell you something. My staff, they put a fire underneath me in the middle of our staff meeting. I said, I want to start these ministries. And they're specific. And listen, I'm not going to go into all the details of all that today. But but they said, they said, Pastor, what was those ministries? Was there four of them? And I, I had told them three. And I said, no, there was three. And the Holy Spirit said, why don't you just leave room for one more, all right? Come on, somebody, right? All right, here's another thing, that a tangible goal that we can reach. I want to see an increase in our missions giving, both in our, in our community and to our overseas missions this year. I believe that I've got a number in my mind that I believe that our church can reach. Come on, because how many know that a sowing church that sows into the kingdom of God, it comes back around. God will bless us, amen. And so we're going to sow into good soil, amen. We're going to sow into the Hope Resource Center. We're going to sow into free at last minute. Ministry. Come on, we're going to sow into Guatemala. We're going to sow into Iraq. We're going to go to the places that nobody wants to go. Amen. And so the Lord's just been speaking to me greater outreach within our community that doesn't always 
uh, mean reinventing the wheel. Come on, right? But sometimes all we have to do is partner with somebody who's already doing a good thing. Amen? And we send people alongside to help in that area. Uh, I mean, God has given me a number. Now, listen, come on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know well this is hard right here this is the boldness that's about to come out of me right here, and, and I believe come on come on church I need you right here I believe this year that we're gonna see hundreds of salvations, <laughs> hundreds 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 hundreds. Come on I speak that I speak it. I speak that. And so to do even this, uh, that little bit of, uh, of a list, here, here's another thing. Those are, those are tangible things. Here's some hidden things. Here's some hard things, okay. Here's the things that we, we're going to rely on God in all of those things, but we're going to really rely on God in these things. Here's what the Lord's been, been speaking to me. It's no secret, come on, that our church, we need room. It's no secret. You can look around this church right now. There isn't a whole lot of, of empty room for people to come in. Come on. And, and this is a challenge to us. This is a challenge to me. Come on. As a pastor, uh, I see us launching multiple services. I see us going beyond. Some of you are like, I am scared to death. Good, because it's going to take God. Amen. And, and I also see a, a vision, come on, vision, and that God is going to give us fresh wisdom and fresh resources and, and ideas, come on, on a building, come on, come on, somebody. Amen. We are going to expand our territory, not for our good, but for the kingdom of God. One of the things the Lord's dealt with me just over and over and over and over again is this. Uh, TJ, are you being a good steward of what has been handed to you? And so, Lord, Lord, I always pray, God, help me to utilize this building that you have, you have given us. God, help me to use these vans that you have given us to glorify and to build the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I know this is a little bit of a short list, but, but, but listen, I believe this. It's going to take miraculous boldness. Everyone say boldness. It'll take miraculous supply. Come on, somebody. Everyone say supply. Can I tell you something? Money follows ministry. One of the great pastors, Tommy Barnett, he says that, and he is, he is the pastor at, at, at the Dreams, well, was the pastor at Dream City Church and multiple campus church, and their church is known as the church with a heart because they just love on people, and they have hundreds, hundreds of ministries reaching out to the people of Phoenix and L.A. area and loving on people, and God supplies their need, all right? It's going to take a miraculous supply, and, and it comes from a miraculous need. I'm going to talk about that next week a little bit. But I, I see this right here. Are you ready for this? I see miraculous salvations. Come on. I see miraculous healings. Come on. I see miraculous giving. Come on. I see a miraculous outpouring of God's spirit. Amen. I, I see miraculous resources, and I see miraculous strategies that God is going to give us and help us to walk it out in faith. Amen. And can I tell you this before I get into the word today? All of this will be determined on our boldness as a church to step in and say yes. Amen. Everyone say, yes, Lord. Everyone say, yes, Lord. Amen. 
I, I want to share this, and I love this verse. And this has just been a kind of a theme verse since we came here to Pastor Ephesians 3.20. And I've got this in, in the message, uh, the way it reads in the message. And it says, like, it says it like this. Tristan has this up in her office, and I was reminded of this. And I, I want to I tell you, this is, this is, listen to this whole thing. God can do anything. Do you believe that or do you not? God can do anything, you know. Amen. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess the hidden things, the hard things in your wildest dreams. He does this not by pushing us around by what? Working where? Working where? God's looking for your yes. God's looking for your yes. Within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in Messiah Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all the millennial. Oh, come on and say it with me, church. Come on, say it again. Amen. So God will do it, it, it through us. And my charge to us, Cornerstone, uh, today is this. Get ready. Get ready. Posture yourself. Get ready. You know what we need to do? We need to prepare in prayer. Amen. That's hard to say for me. Prepare in prayer. We need to surrender our own agenda for God's will for us. Lord, like Jesus, not my will, Lord, your will be done. We need to seek the Lord for wisdom. And we need to live with the expectation that the miraculous will follow us each and every day of our lives. And this is my last thing that I'll say uh, to this right here. More in 24. Come on, somebody. Everyone say more in 24. Let's do more in 24. <laughs> Amen. I know, I know that was that was fast, and I, I shot that off the off the off the hip uh, uh, quite a bit. And so I want you to just posture your heart, okay, today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Judges chapter 6. And I want to talk to you about something today, miraculous boldness, miraculous boldness. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about the miraculous in our lives, miraculous boldness. Everyone say boldness. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say boldness. There you go. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 17. I love this story. It's one of my, one of my favorite stories in Scripture. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I got a lot in my heart about this story because since October, I've been just stewing on this thing. I'm, I got 14 pages of notes. Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I might. I don't know what I have. But I, I'm just going to ask the Lord to lead and guide me today. It says this in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Orpah, which belonged to Joash and uh, Abizarite. While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Verse 13. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if, if uh, the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And why and where are all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of the Midian. Verse 14, and the Lord turned to him and said, go, <laughs> I like the Lord, go in the might, everyone say might, of yours, and save Israel from the hands of the Midian. Do, 
uh, do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Verse 16. And the Lord said to him, but I will be what? With? Whoo. And you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Verse 17. And he said to him, and, and he said to him, if I know I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that is, uh, is you who speak with me. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray today, Lord, that you would use me, God, as a vessel today. Lord, that you would open my heart, Lord, Lord, that, that, that the anointing, Lord, would just flow from me today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak, God, that you give me strength in my voice today. Lord, that you would just open our hearts. God, we are postured to receive today. And we say, Lord, uh, Lord, change us forever. And God, I believe this is going to be a pivotal moment in our church, God. And God, we're going to look back at this moment and say that was the moment that God started doing something amazing in our midst. And Lord, we thank you for this, God. We give you praise. And everybody said, amen. I want to speak to you on miraculous boldness. In the year 2009, uh, Tristan and I had been married for six years. And a matter of fact, uh, we had two kids at the time. Uh, Novak was not around. We had, uh, you know, Zaley and Wyatt. And I worked a job in the oil fields. Just give you a little bit of history of who I was. I was working a, a great job that paid uh, excellent money in the oil fields in California. Tristan and I both uh, were serving on staff at our church. We we had the near perfect life, okay? We had a good income. We were serving in church. We were doing everything. We had all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed, all right? And, 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 and here's what happened. In early spring that year, God began to uh, shift us, and, and, and we had a minister who had called us from the state of Texas, and he said, I would like you to consider to come to Texas to be our youth pastor, and, and I was like, you know, a little bit floored by that, but I was, I was open to that. I, I know that you got to listen to the voice of the Lord. And God began to shift where, where we are at. How many know that sometimes in our lives we can get comfortable where we're at and God's saying, hey, I, I need you to do something else. And so, uh, and, and this is amazing to me. Because that would mean that we would have to relocate to the state of Texas. It was away from Tristan's parents, which we had been around for uh, nine plus years, okay? And, and it was a challenge to us. And so we went to Texas in July, and we, we uh, spent a weekend there at this church and, and, and uh, ministered and just were overwhelmed by, by God's presence. And then we, we came home and we prayed about it, and we felt like God was asking us to take a bold step of faith, come on, and to move into full-time ministry. Now, this was backwards. Most of us wouldn't even have thought about this because this was backwards for me because I took, listen to me, listen to me, I took a 50% pay cut to go be a youth pastor. Come on, talk about testing your faith. Come on, some of you are like, well, pastor, are you just bragging? No, I'm not bragging. I was scared to death. And as I went, and we thought about that. We, we accepted the job, and we had about a 90-day window to sell our house and, 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 and get some loose ends up in California. I got news for you, though. We bought our house in 2006, all right? How many remember those great years, 2006, 2007, and 2008, and 2009? How many remember those great, wonderful years that we had? We bought our house, and the market flew up, and we were really excited. And then in 2009, the market went whew, 
right? How many remember? And so we were sitting in this place, and I was like, God, I want to do what you want me to do. But, Lord, my house is worth less than what I paid for it. How can I sell it? What can I do? And I began to reach out. I reached out to a realtor and, and, and a Christian woman, and I said, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I feel like God's calling me to do this. And, and we sat down with her, and I thought she was going to give me some great faith word from the Lord. And she said, you got, to, you got a few options. She said, you could short sell your house, which is going to ruin your credit. It's going to be tough, and you're going to have to pay a lot of taxes. And I was like, I, I'm not interested in that. She said, the second thing is you could go default on your loan, and you could walk away from it. And I said, I don't feel like that's right as a child of God. I, the Bible says my yes should be a yes, and my no should be a no. And she said, well, the other option is you could rent it. And I said, I am not a landlord. I don't do that. That's not my, my thing. And, and I was challenged in my heart. And I got to the place. We were just weeks away from getting in a truck and moving to Texas. And I had no idea what I was going to do with my house. Have you ever been there? I was, I was, my faith was shaken. I was going back in my mind. Can I, can I not go to Texas, Lord? Can I keep my job here? Can I just sustain? Can I, can I just make it? Can I, can I go a little bit? You know, and, and, and I was just challenging my heart. And this is what I did. I, I went down before the Lord and I prayed, me and Tristan, and I, I just laid a fleece before the Lord. I, I threw out a cloth before the Lord. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go into full-time ministry, God, if you want me to go to Texas, and I threw my fleece out, and I said, you're going to do something with my house. And I just stopped worrying about it. Crazy, right? And, and through faith, it was crazy. It was the craziest thing. We had this couple in our church, and they came up to us, and they said, you're moving. And I said, yes. And, and they said, what are you going to do with your house? I said, I have no idea. And they came up to us, and man, it's just like God is so good. And, and they came up to us, and they said, we want to rent your house. And I said, what? They said this, get this, we want to rent your house what is your mortgage? We want to rent it for that much. How many of you know that, that, that people do not go to someone and say, can I rent your house for this much unless it's lower than the actual amount, right? And I was blown away, and God moved a huge mountain in my life in that moment. All right, so going back to Gideon here, here's the backstory to Gideon. And I tell you that because I want you to understand something. I've been in some places, I've been in some jams where I had to depend on God, where I was fearful, where I was afraid to move forward, where I didn't know what to do. So here's the backstory here to Gideon. So Israel found itself under the control of the authority of the Midianites, okay? And they have these judges in the book of Judges that are ruling. They didn't have a king yet, but they had these judges that were helping. Samson's one of those guys, and there's a list of them. But Gideon is is here. And the Midianites were had an army of about 135,000 men. And what would happen is Israel, they were up in the highlands, they would grow crops, and after they would grow crops, all right, this is what would happen to them. The Midianites would come in, and they would plunder, and they would steal all their crops. How many know that's a big bully, all right? And so that's where they found themselves. And so they're hiding in caves, they're hiding in hills, they're hiding under, under the siege of the fear of the Midianites. How many know that that is where the devil wants you? He wants you working in fear, he wants you hiding, he wants you scared, right? 
So here we see Gideon. He's at the wine press, and he's not pressing wine, but he's actually threshing wheat because he can't do it out in the open. He's trying to just get a little bit of wheat for his family. And he was scared. Everyone say scared. And the angel of the Lord, he comes before him, and he tells Gideon, God is raising you up. He's going to give Israel victory over the Midianites. And Gideon says this, show me a sign. So where I got the idea for this in my life was Gideon. When I laid out before the Lord, I said, Lord, you are going to have to do something with this big situation because I don't know what to do with it. And I laid my fleece before the Lord. But then I look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 4, okay? Listen, and I'm not, if you've laid a fleece out before the Lord, don't feel bad. Gideon's done that. I've done that. But let me tell you what Jesus said. He said this, talking to the Pharisees. He said, an evil and an adulterous generation seeks for a sign. And how many times has God said something to us, but all we do is, God, give me a sign. God, I need reassurance. And what I've learned, I've grown. Man, I know the voice of the Lord now. I don't argue with the Lord now. Uh, but I have to ask myself, why in the world did I lay a fleece before the Lord uh, when, when he asked me to, to go into full-time ministry and to go to move to Texas, to take a bold step of faith? And here's why. It was because I was scared. Come on, say it like a country boy. Scared. And that's my first point right here. We need a sign because we are scared. We will never have miraculous boldness as long as we are scared. Scared. See, here's the problem with us. We allow fear to rule us. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach to fear today. You might, you might as well buckle up. You might as well get on board with me. Come on. Everyone say Amen. Scared. We allow fear to rule us. Some of us are afraid of getting sick. Some of us are afraid of dying. Some of us are afraid of not being able to pay our bills. Some of us are afraid of failure. Some of us are afraid of being an embarrassment. Some of us are afraid of being talked about. Come on. Some of us are afraid of being replaced. Some of us are afraid of being rejected by people that we want to fit in with. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling us. Listen, I know you're listening today, but I'm, I, today my assignment is to pull Cornerstone and the people in this church out of fear, out of hiding. Some of us have not functioned and flowed in, in, in the gifts that God is giving us, the calling. Some of us have not started businesses. Some of us are not doing ministry. And here's the thing, you don't want to do anything because you are scared. Never been scared? Never been scared in your life? Here's what I want to say to you today. If you're scared, I want to prophesy this word for you. I'm going to read the word of God. 1 Timothy 1.7 says this. Get ready. For God has not given us a spirit of, but of, and, and, come on, you could do better than that. For God has not given us a what? But of. Come on. And here's what I'll tell you. If you are afraid, know this. It did not come from God. It did not come from God. See, we see Gideon, he's operating in fear. And, and here's what, what fear does. Here's a couple points. You could, you could write these down. Uh, the first thing that fear does is it, 
we look for excuses. Right? First thing, if we're scared, we look for excuses in our lives. The first thing that the angel said to him in verse 12 is, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is what? The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. The angel didn't say, hey, you might make it, you little scaredy cat. Get down there and hide, little little worm. No, that's not what the angel looked. He said, what? The Lord is what? How many cornerstone do you believe that God is with us? Do you believe that you're mighty men and mighty women of valor? Come on, somebody. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. But, but look at how Gideon responds. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why? Why? <laughs> Why then has all this happened to us? Why me, Lord? <laughs> Woe is me, Lord. Why in the world do we walk around acting like we're the only people who's ever been through something? Come on. And, and, and where are all these wonderful deeds that our fathers talked about coming out of Egypt? Where's our Red Sea moment? God, he says, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us over to the hands of the Midians. Excuses, 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 right? You hear them every day. Come on, somebody. Some of you know that old song, right? He says, Lord, I'm the weakest. I'm the weakest in Manasseh. Lord, I'm the least qualified person in my whole tribe. Me right here, there's everybody else is here, and I'm down here. Why did you pick me, Lord? I've got excuses for days. Sound familiar? Sound like us? Lord, I don't know if we can do that. Lord, that, that seems too big. God, that seems, that seems like an impossible thing. God, that, that seems scary. Good, because God's got to be a part of it. But notice the response uh, that, that the angel said here. And the Lord turned to him and said, you ready for this? Go in this might of yours, and save Israel from the hand of the Midian, do not I send you. You know what I love about this answer? There's a great, this is a great answer. God doesn't answer Gideon's question. Gideon says, what about all the things that you used to do? And our fathers, and he's asking all these things, and the Lord says, go in the might of yours and save Israel. He just straight up just changes it. He, he doesn't give answer the question, but he gives him a commission. Listen to me, Cornerstone. God is he's not here to answer your question, but he has commissioned us to go out into all the world, to reach our community, to love on our community, to touch the lost, to help the hurting. Amen? Isn't that like us to ask God, why is this happening? When he's saying, I'm not answering that. I got things for you to do. I got people for you to pray for. I got people for you to love. I got people that, that need to know Christ. Stop whining. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, stop whining. And, and the thing is that God sees things different than we do. Praise God. Praise God. Because my eyes don't always see. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so sometimes I just got to trust what the Lord told me. And I don't need all the answers. All I got to do is just take that step of faith and say, here you go, God. And God begins to work things out. We see circumstances. We see impossible situations. We see hard times, right? We want to quit, quit. And God says, hey, if you keep going, I'll give you victory. I'll give you uh, things that I've promised. A amen? So God sees us not only where we are, but where we are going. Amen?
Some of you right now, you're in the season of your life. Man, you're messed up. You're jacked up. You're tore up. Come on from the floor up. And, and, and in your life right now, you're like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. But can I tell you something? God sees you like he saw Gideon. Gideon was in the middle of the, of the, of the wine press hiding, scared. And then God's like, you are a mighty man of valor. Stick your chest out like a toddler and go, I got this. Right? And I need to tell you today, if you could see yourselves the way that God sees you, let me tell you something. We'd be bolder, we'd be wiser, and we would walk in the confidence of the Holy Spirit that God has called us. How many know that fear will make us look for excuses? Here's a second one right here. Fear will make you look for signs or three. God, give me a sign. It's, It's not enough. That the angel of the Lord came to Gideon. It's not, I don't know, if an angel came to see me, I don't think I'd be asking for a sign. I don't think I'd be saying, that's a pretty good sign. But no, he asked for a sign. It, it, it amazes me. And in the middle of that, he says, hey, I, I need you to do this for me. And, and Gideon goes and gets some cake, and he gets some goat, and he puts some stew on, on the altar. And then the angel of the Lord puts his staff down, and he he touches the altar, and his whole, everything on the, on the altar is consumed. That's a sign. I'd be like, okay, I'm on board. I'm on board already right here. But, but no, you would think that would be enough. But verse 23 says, but the Lord said to him, I, I, I like what the angel, uh, the Lord said here, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Gideon, you're a man of valor. Mighty man of valor, you be strong because I've got you. You're going to be all right. You would think that would be enough, but no, 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 no. At the end of this chapter in verse 36, here's Gideon again. I need another sign, Lord. How many have ever been faced to get something and like, God, give me a sign. God does a sign for you. God, give me another sign. God, three more signs and I'll do this. Lord, if I see a crow fly by my car, Lord, with a piece of bread, a pretzel in its mouth, Lord, and it comes down and an eagle grabs it, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to. So Gideon does this. He lays his fleece out. He says, Lord, I'm going to bed. And, Lord, this is what I need you to do. I need the ground to be dry in the morning. I need my fleece to be wet. He gets up the next day, he picks up his fleece. The Bible says he wrings it out because it is full of water. And you would think that would be enough. But then Gideon says, one more, Lord, one more. Just because. Lord, this time I'm going to go to bed and I need the, the ground to be wet and I need my fleece to be dry in the morning. He gets up the next day, picks up his fleece, and his fleece is dry. It's amazing, right? It's amazing that God, I'm so glad that God is patient with us. When we are at our worst, God is always at his best. And he's saying, come on, Gideon. Come on, baby boy. You got this. Come on, stick your chest out like the toddler saying, come on, Superman. You got this, right? But faith is when you get a word from the Lord. You ready for this? Faith is when you get a word from the Lord and you take God at his word. You don't question it. You just say, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know how I might fall, but I will trust you. See, here's the thing. Some of you are in the tough season of your life. But can I tell you something? Uh, the Bible says this in Galatians 6, 9, that, 
that, uh, that, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season, everyone say due season, we will what? That's a promise. That's a promise. If we do not what? Lose heart. Here's what I'll tell you. Listen to me, Cornerstone. You shall receive the harvest if you don't stop planting. Listen, you will come out on top if you don't stop fighting. You will win the race if you don't quit in the middle of the, the race. What I'm trying to tell you today, come on, is we've got to have a boldness that can only come from God and lean into him and say, God, I will keep going no matter how hard it is, no matter what I can't see. Lord, I trust you. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I want to ask the worship team to come. Run up here fast, fast, faster than you've ever ran before. Boldly approach the stage. Moses and Israel, you remember where they were at? Fleeing from Pharaoh. And they had reached a pivotal point of the Red Sea. Not sure what the next step is. Lord, there's a big sea in front of us. There's a lot of us. And there's Pharaoh. What are we going to do? And God told Moses, stretch your staff out. That's crazy. Stretch your staff out. You know how crazy that sounds? You know how insane that sounds? And what did Moses do? Okay, Lord, I'm just going to follow you. I'm gonna, and, he, and he puts his staff out and the water moves back and they walk across on dry land. Come on, how many know that that's a big miracle in your life? And not only do they walk across on dry land, Pharaoh chases after them and the armies of Pharaoh are destroyed. How many know that God will pull you through to the other side? You just got to keep on going in boldness. When Trist and I took a step of faith and we moved to Texas, it was the largest mountain that I'd ever faced in my life up to that point. I was young. I was scared. And I didn't really even know how to handle it. But God was faithful in every step. Can I tell you something? We moved to Texas on our great youth pastor's salary. God bless us. But we never lacked nothing. God kept us. You can tell why it's ate plenty of meals. I've ate plenty of meals. God is faithful. Can I tell you this? And I want to. I want to. I want to just just speak this to you. All right. Here's my second point. We'll try to get through this quickly here. We need to run towards the things that scare us. Because this is what the enemy does. The enemy comes in tries to scare you. He puts fear in your way. He yells at you. He wants you going the opposite way that God wants you to. And what we need to do as the people of God, we need to turn and we need to look at, at, at the devil and say, shut up, devil. I'm going where God wants me to. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to walk in holy ghost boldness. I'm going to do what God has called me to. I'm going to reach the people that God wants me to. Amen. Amen. Can I ask you this? Who works in the area of fear? Who works in the area of complacency? The enemy. That's it. God works in boldness, strength, and power. Can I tell you something? You did not get your fear from the Lord. You didn't. You didn't. 
And the devil wants nothing more than to scare you away from the call of God and the commission of God on your life. Some of you are looking at me today going, man, Pastor, that seems big. Those seem like big things. You're right. They are big. But you know what? I'm not going to run. I'm going to run boldly to what God has called us to do. See, this is what the devil will do. He'll make you think, I, I can't pray for someone. I'm not capable of praying for someone. No way God could use me to pray for someone. That's a lie. He'll make you think uh, uh, that uh, it's try to scare you, that make you believe that you're not worthy. You're not capable of, of the Holy Spirit using you. That's a lie. He'll scare you away from your calling. That's a lie. Come on, right? Say, Pastor, oh, you're, you're bold. You'll say anything. Let me tell you something. Not naturally. Not naturally. You say, Pastor, boy, you say some bold things from the pulpit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit nudges me and pushes me. I'm not naturally that way. Truthfully, I'd like to just kind of sit back and be quiet, truthfully. Not always, but sometimes. This is what I'll say. Some of you are scared of what people think. Come on, Pastor. Some of you are scared of what people think. Some of you are so scared of what people think that you've missed your moment to come and surrender to God because you're more concerned about what people think about you in this building than what God thinks about you. Let them talk about you, right? I say this, who cares? Who cares what they say? This is I heard this and I love this right here. I've learned that sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. Talk about me as much as you please. The more you talk, I stay on my knees. You can say what you want and do what you want. I got Jesus inside of me. A charge I have to keep. A call I have to walk out. When I trust in Jesus, I ain't got no room for doubt. Amen. Amen. So this is what Gideon did. After his fleece moment, he girded up his armies, what the Bible says. All 32,000 of them. All 32,000 of them. I, I love this story. After making excuses, after looking for signs, Gideon finally says, okay, Lord. God's like, okay, here's your army, 32,000, right? I, I love that. And he took the first step. And I love what God does. He does what only God will do. Gideon, I don't like these odds. Tell every man in the army that's scared to go home. If you're scared, go home. 22,000. Out. Lord, now we have 10,000. Lord, uh, this seems impossible now. And I love what God does here. He even goes a step further. He says, I don't like these odds either. Take him down to the brook. Let them drink from the brook. And the ones that lap it like a dog, send them home. 9,700 people were lapping it like a dog. Gideon's left with 300 who were scooping it up and watching. It blows my mind that he would have, he had one, less than 1% of his original army. It's crazy, right? So here he goes. He says, I, 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 Lord, we'll do whatever you need us to do. And here's what happens in the middle of all of that, in the middle of Gideon's boldness, his faithfulness to follow God step by step. And God's like, get all the fear out of here. Because I can tell you this. Some of you have friends in your life who are causing fear in your life. And you need to get them out of your life because it's, it's seeping over into your life. Come on. 
And this is what happens in that moment. He takes that step of faith and God uses him mighty, mightily with 300 men. 300 men with clay vessels. And God begins to, to move the Midianite army and they, they collapse on each other. They fight each other. They kill each other. And God gets the victory. Here's what I'll tell you. God will make it so impossible in your circumstance that he will get the glory. If it would have been 32,000, they probably would have said, hey, we did this. Or 10,000, we did this. But when it's 300, it's God. Amen. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, no more fear. No more fear. Let me say this. There's gifts. There's assignments in this house that have yet to be seen. Because some of you need to get over fear. miraculous boldness in this house. There's an anointing in this house. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Come on. You say, Pastor, we're getting close to the noon hour. Who cares? In this moment, I want to challenge us, church. I want to challenge us, church. If you're here, you say, hey, I've been, I've been operating in fear. I've been scared. I've been making excuses. I've been laying out fleeces. I've been doing this. Listen, I've come today, I've come today to preach a simple message. Fear is a liar, that's it. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need freedom from fear, come, just come. Just run down here, run down to the altar. Run, run, come on, there's more.